Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 211, with the one, the only, Ryan Golly Sidebottom. How are you, legend? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Now, I was looking back over the records and it was episode 80 that I had you on the show. So if you are listening to this and you want to hear uh, Ryan's story, because I think it's a, it's a really fascinating story, uh, how you've become a professional sports player and uh, the hard work dedication that has gone into that. It didn't just come naturally. So we're not going to talk about that today, but if you are listening and you want to go back, that is episode number 80. So now... I've got a question, Goal, before we start, and this is probably the most important thing I'm going to start with. Would you rather have all green traffic lights or never stand in a line ever again? Never stand in a line again. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't like, you don't like lining up, mate? No, no, I can be very impatient <laughs> at times. <laughs> Was that the first question you thought I'd throw at you? No, far from it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, guys, as you can hear, uh, Ryan and myself are cousins and we get along very well. So I thought I'd start off with a bit of a laugh. I've got one other question before we get into the serious stuff. Do you still get uh, confused from the other Ryan side bottom? Uh, I get a little bit of ribbing every now and again for it, but I wouldn't say I get confused because we look um, completely different. And... <laughs> We bowl with the opposite arms to each other, so <laughs> there's, um, yeah, there's a little bit of banter floating around. Well, I'm sure there is, mate. I'm sure there is when you both play county cricket. So now, today I want to talk about, obviously, what professional sport looks like in 2020, because the whole world has just been flipped upside down, and I think um, all different sports have been affected in different ways, like your brother, for example, playing for Collingwood, he's been in a hub, um, but it was completely different for you, and, and not only that, you've been, you've been... Well, you are born in Australia, but you're living over in the UK now. So going through isolation and everything like that, how's it been? Like, can you just describe, you know, what, what's 2020 been like for you as a professional cricketer, being on another side of the world? Um, do you want to just sort of explain what that's been like? Because I think people are fascinated. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can, try, I can try to explain it. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been pretty, pretty weird, to be honest. Um, it's been what, like one big giant preseason, um, to be fair. So we we did have our, our normal preseason run to to some form of schedule, and uh, we were on our preseason tour when uh, everything got announced. So we sort of we had to to rush back. I think we were on one of the, the um, last flights out of um, Alicante, which is in Spain. So we got back, and then and then we were basically in isolation for. Um, I th- yeah, from memory, I think it was about 10 weeks or 12 weeks or something like that. So, um, you know, what, it wasn't too bad. Like, it could, could have been a hell of a lot worse. Um, you know, I think we were pretty lucky that we, we did have some quite good weather so that we could get out for that hour a day exercise and um, to do what we needed to do. But I guess I was pretty lucky as well. Um, I had my girlfriend, Tash, she... Uh, she moved uh, moved up to Birmingham for lockdown, so I, I you know I wasn't on my own. So we were we were there together for uh, most of it. So that that was pretty handy. But um, I think it was just trying to keep your keep your mind and your body as active as possible um, to get through it. So I bought a I bought a bike. So I started to started to do a bit of riding and 
Um, obviously, was still asked to do my um, do my cricket fitness and all my bowling and stuff like that. So we had the local cricket nets at Nolan Dorries just up the road. So I was getting up there probably three, four times a week up there bowling for, for an hour or so a day. And um, it was, yeah, just literally trying to keep as busy as possible to to keep things as normal as possible. Um, I, know, I know it's not easy to, to, uh, to do when you're sort of forced to stay indoors. But, um, yeah, I think even the PlayStation copped a bit of a hiding as well at, at times, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, yeah, just trying to, just trying to keep us busy to, to get through sort of that lockdown. And then obviously with, with all the new implications of the new um, restrictions and rules and regulations and all that coming into sport, which we probably touch on a little bit later, but um, yeah, it's all, it's all the new normal at the moment. Yeah. So obviously everything you're saying there, you go from, you know, I know you're in Spain, you're ready to go, you've done big pre-season and then all of a sudden you're in isolation, lockdown. How hard was it to find that motivation to go to the nets and bowl by yourself? Because you've gone from a team environment and for those who don't really know much about cricket, I think it's the most individual team sport you've ever played. So um, it is very based on individual performance, but that individual performance helps the team, I suppose. So how did you go from, you know, gearing up for a big season, pre-season in Spain, everything like that, and then being told to lock down and have to go bowl in the nets by yourself, mate? It must have been pretty weird. Yeah, it was. It was It was very weird. Uh, I think the first couple of weeks w- weren't too bad because none of us really knew how long that would last for. Um, so the first few weeks, everyone was sort of keen to get out and keep, keep going on but as the time got on I found myself less and less interested to get out and get it done so it became more of a more of a chore the longer lockdown come into it but I think um I think Bob to be honest Paul Farbrass our sports director he he was he was handy in the fact that we had Monday lunch times was you know that was our group zoom chat when we had a special guest every every week every week so we had like um we had Steve Bruce, a couple of football. He's a football manager. We had um, Eddie Jones, the the rugby uh, England rugby coach, and we had Kumar Sankara as well, who's a who's a you know a gun international Sri Lankan cricketer. So we had you know those guys to, and that that sort of kept us going, something to look forward to on a Monday, and then it was yeah, just literally trying to get out and get it done, and and just keep ticking over because you know as soon as we start back. That we're, the season was going to start quickly and you know, we didn't have a lot of time to prepare. So the more we got done through that isolation period was, was going to benefit more of us for back end of the you know, season. So the, and the, the season did come quick and it did come quick and fast. And, it, and yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of glad I did, did get out and do most of it because <laughs> <you know, laughs> bowling is not the best best sport to, um, for your body at, at the best of times so to have that little bit of preparation in the in the bank or in the tank I should say um, it, it sort of it did hold me in good stead yeah and I think what you just said there mate that uh, even though it was only a zoom call or whatever and obviously learning from some fantastic coaches and sports people but having that on a Monday probably had that one thing that you're accountable for and I'm talked this a lot about this goal you know that routine's crucial and in lockdown that sort of goes so do you find that because that was on a Monday you knew that you had that coming and then sort of the week sort of took place after that yeah a little bit a little bit um 
I think it really hurt a, a few of us when the golf courses were shut because we did quite, <laughs> we did quite like to, to get out and, uh, and have a bit of a whack around. But um, no, in all seriousness, having that, uh, having that call on a, on a Monday, it sort of does give you that little bit of structure and, and then you can sort of plan your week around it. And um, I think, you know, since, since we've finished in that lockdown and gone back into, into the sort of mini, miniature second preseason and then into the season, it's been great to be back into some form of routine because as cricketers, you know, everything does sort of happen quickly and, and things don't get done until sort of the last minute. So to have some form of um, structure and, and routine back, it's been, you know, it has been great. Mm, I love that. Now, let's be honest, mate. Over the years, you've had your fair share of injuries. Like for someone, and, and a lot of fast bowlers have. And if people haven't seen fast bowlers, particularly if you're in America or Canada, it is so hard on your body. So you've done two pre-seasons and you've probably been the, the less injured you've ever been, mate. Do you, do you think there's something to that, that isolation has been good for your body? Uh, I think there's a little bit of it. I think for, for us fast bowlers, I think the rest... Probably, probably did us all the world of good. Um, you know, yes, we did bowl um, before lockdown, and then we were told to have you know have a few days off and and just rest your body, and then uh, and then to to start get, to get back into it. But I guess the the intensity levels of bowling in the net on your own doesn't compare anywhere near it, uh, it would to bowling to someone in a net or then getting into a game. So um, I guess you know for a body. For my body, anyway, I think it did probably help me a little bit. Um, coming back from a stress fracture in my shoulder, bla- shoulder blade, um, I just wanted to get back into cricket and get back into playing because I was fit and I was ready to go. And then, obviously, you know, we had that gap, so it was a bit, probably a bit more frustrating for myself because I hadn't played cricket for so long. But um, you know, all good things come to those who wait, don't they? So <laughs> you just got to, you got to do what you got to do and and just, you know, keep trucking. And, um, yeah, we've, we've got back through, almost got through the season unscathed, unfortunately. I've just strained my Touch calf. Wood, so. Touch wood, yeah. I didn't want to bring that yeah. up. Touch wood. <laughs> yeah, but no, that, that is what it is, mate. You know, um, it, it could have been a lot worse. It could have happened in the first game and not the last, last one of the season. So, um, but, yeah, we're, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, nice, mate. So, so let's talk about, obviously, how the season's changed. So once isolation was finished, you were able to go back into training. So I know it, it all happened very quickly. And it's probably the same when, you know, Corona hit, that it happened quickly the other way, that everything just shut down. So how has it changed from normal day-to-day cricket or different rules and regulations on game day and uh, part, of, part of the way that you play? What What's changed? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so... So every morning we've got to log our. We've got we've got two apps that we need to do. One's to log our temperature and um, and just to answer a couple of questions about are we feeling unwell? Have we mingled with anybody else in the household that's feeling unwell? Uh, and then take our temperature every morning to report that. Um, and if if we do record a temperature over thirty seven point five, I think it is that we're not to go. We're not to go anywhere near the ground. Even though if we are feeling fine, we're not to go anywhere near the ground. It's then the course of action will will take place after that. So the doctor will give you a call, and then you'll go on from there. Whether it be you go and get a COVID test or or, or what it is, I'm not too sure because I haven't I haven't sort of been in that situation yet. But um, so that that's been one that's been one change. Um, 
it's probably the main the main change is when we when we first started back we was we're in small groups so we're in sort of only like groups of six to six to eight people to to start and you know having a squad of probably 20 24 people that's you know that's a bit difficult at times so um we're, we're really lucky at Edgebaston. We've got some. Um, we've got the Colts ground, which has got our practice nets on. But then Gary, who's our head um, head groundsman, he was um, he was preparing some pitches on the actual ground as well, so that we could have two two smaller groups in one group uh, train at the same time. So uh, it started off just the bowlers would bowl through into a net for the first couple of sessions, and then the last session in that week, we we actually mingled in with the batters. But um, yeah, it was all. One skin, one ball. So we, we got given uh, we got given a bag of balls, and and they were our balls to look after for for the foreseeable future. And um, if we were batting to a ball, uh, if we were bowling to a batter, I should say, um, the batter had to hit the ball on the ground. So it was a, it was a little bit strange because you do sort of just tend to go and pick the ball up and throw it back after you after you do um, face it. But you know, just hitting it along the ground, no one else was allowed to touch the ball. Um, hand sanitising every sort of half an hour. Um, if you were to enter enter the ground, you had to hand sanitise. If you exit, you had to hand sanitise. Um, even if someone else did touch the ball, the ball sort of had to be had to be sanitised as well. Um, and then it goes into the facilities as well. We weren't even allowed in, in the dressing rooms or, or anything like that. So we were literally like... Like club cricketers, well, yeah, club cricketers at some at some grounds that don't have change rooms that you have to use your car as as your dressing room. So everything you need, you had to take with you. Like um, I remember walking into walking into Edgebaston um, with like my cricket bag, my bike bag with my spikes, my bag with some extra clothes, and you know an esky with with some food in it. So like it was, yeah, it was a bit strange, but it was. It was good to be back into again some form of routine, and um, I think the, the lads handled the changes pretty well. Um, you know, I don't think we're, I don't think we've had too many issues in and around the club, but um, yeah. So that was the first sort of the first part of training um, was a bit strange, but um, you get you get accustomed to it pretty quickly. Oh, I'm sure you do, mate. So what was in your what was in your um... In your esky, mate, like some barbecue shapes you probably used to bring to afternoon tea back in the day. <laughs> no, a couple of lamingtons, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for those, there's a couple of really country Victorian sort of gags right around going there. So um, let's talk about once the season started. Now, um, there was no crowds and then crowds came. And um, how, how, how's your season been? Because it's mate, you've been you've been in the side you've been bowling well um how have you enjoyed the season uh yeah the season's been a bit of an up and down one for myself personally um we probably as a team haven't haven't played the greatest cricket but we you know we haven't been too bad either uh, i think as the season's gone on we've gotten better and better um personally i think you know me being me, I had probably too high of expectations on myself to just hit the ground running after such a long, long break with my shoulder blade, and um, it probably didn't go to plan. So, uh, you know, didn't didn't bowl great in the first innings, and and yeah, with the the shorts and the season being so short and condensed, there was sort of there was changes that happened, and and I missed out on a couple of games. But uh, you know, that's cricket, and that's that's elite sport. So I went back and worked really hard with 
with a couple of the coaches and, and then come back for the last for the last two four day games anyway and, and uh, made a really big improvement and and then probably the last game for myself was probably the best I've bowled for, for a very, very long time. So it was nice to get back and involved personally, for, you know, just for a really selfish individual reason. It was nice to get back to, for me to know that I can compete at that level and do well. So, um, but the season's been, the season's been okay. Like, um, again, there's been a lot of rules and regulations around it. Um, I think we we had a pilot game for for some crowds at one stage. We had a practice game against Worcester that we had. I think we we're allowed up to a thousand people, so I think like six hundred and fifty people turned up or something like that to watch. So that that was fantastic. But then um, for the first round against Northampton, we we're allowed to. I think for the Saturday and Sunday, we we're allowed to have two and a half thousand people arrive. But then sort of Boris knocked that on the head on the Friday lunchtime beforehand. So. You know, the club went through a power of work to try and prepare the, the stadium and um, cater it and all that kind of stuff. And then for have, to have that sort of cancelled at the last second was, was a bit disappointing for the, for the club in terms because, you know, it would have cost them a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. But um, in terms of the playing side, you know, it, it is, it, it's always nice to have crowds there to watch, but we're pretty lucky that we still get out to go and play a game of cricket that, you know, we get paid to do something that we actually love and enjoy. And uh, so we're, we're extremely fortunate that, you know, our season's been able to, to continue. Um, we've, we've still got a job to go back to um, because, you know, at, at some stage, st- some stages of this year, some people have been made redundant and some people will be made redundant. So I think we as sort of, Professional sportsmen are, uh, are very, are very lucky, and we've got to, we've just got to make sure that we we appreciate that. Yeah, and, uh, so true, mate. So true. And one thing you were just mentioning there, and uh, for those people who've played cricket before, uh, when you're not going well, uh, it is a very hard, and and it's not selfish. I, I, it's just very hard to stay upbeat and and stay confident when you get on a bad run. So, yeah, what what's your process? So, obviously, through the season, I know you've been dropped and you've come back, which is great. How do you what what do you do physically and mentally to make sure that you address the areas that the coaches are saying and um, and that you bounce back? Particularly, um, you know, you may not have the biggest support group because you're not. You haven't lived in the UK the whole life. Now you've got Tash and you've got the coach and things like that. But um, what what's the process? What what do you do and, and how did you bounce back from obviously, you know, being dropped? Um, you, you spoke about the physical part there. Uh, I think the physical part is just making sure that you're, you're fit and you're healthy and you're strong. So making sure if you're not playing, then you're ticking off your two, two to three gym sessions a week. You're making sure you're bowling lots. And, and I think it's just finding those people mentally that you can have those good honest conversations with um i think i'm pretty lucky here that you know i've got some people away from cricket that i can i can turn to i've got a you know a fantastic support network back at home which is only a phone call away uh, and then i've got some you know i've got some really fantastic coaches that i can lean on as well so um i think you know between my bowling coach and and one of the batting coaches um i sort of lent on them quite a bit and i think we just got, we probably just got a little bit too far ahead of ourselves in terms of, you know, what, what we expected and what we, what we wanted and what we were trying to do and all that kind of stuff, rather than just being really simple, really clear on, um, on what we're, what we're actually trying to do and then, and going out and executing that. And, 
um, we're probably not the we do get sort of the rough end of the stick and we're probably not the smartest tools in the shed, <laughs> sharpest tools in the shed as, as fast bowlers. But, um, you know, I, I probably, I probably got a bit sort of clouded in what, what my role was, what I needed to do. And, and I was trying to do bits of this and bits of that. And rather than just sticking, sticking at what's worked for me, um, going forward, because, you know, when I'm, when I'm fit and fiery, um, and I'm doing, I'm doing well, then everything sort of takes care of itself. Mm. I think, I think that's a really good point for anyone listening as well, Goal. You know, if something's not going right, you need to sort of go back and, and you reevaluate and you put the work in and essentially that's yeah. what you've done, mate. So when you look back over everything you've been able to do to you, particularly coming back from injury, you know, you've bowled well when you've played, um, you've had, you, you know, you've had a couple of setbacks as well, being dropped and everything like that. What would you say you're most proud of so far from the season? Uh, from this season, uh, I'd probably say, um, you know, turning around that little bit of a form slump so quickly. Um, like, I don't think I don't think I, I was poor by any word of the any stretch of the imagination, but I was nowhere near my best, and um, I think that that sort of that got into my mind, and then that sort of that took over. Uh, and I'll use the word panic, but it probably wasn't a panic. It was just more of a stress over the reaction of what's going on. I'm, I'm letting everyone else down. And speaking to my, my, my coaches and stuff like that, they are saying that it's not as bad as what you think. You are catastrophizing things. Um, so I guess it's just sitting with, like for me, sitting down looking at, looking at some footage of when I'm actually bowling well and trying to compare that to when I'm not and just trying to pick out some some small little differences, but um, I've done some really good work with Graham Welsh, who's our bowling coach over the last sort of couple of months. And we've, you know, we've just tinkered with a few things, uh, whether it be my wrist or whether it be my run up or, or we're just trying, yeah, just try to tinker a few things and, and they have, they've worked um, so far. So I think now that the next, the next challenge for me going into pre-season next year is to, is to better that and to take those further and, and, and go from there. But um, yeah, it's not easy to have those difficult conversations, but everyone, like the, everyone that I've spoken to has only been there to help. So you've just got to remember that when no one's there to, to, to shoot you down or anything like that. Everyone that you, that you've chosen to spoke to is, is, is there for the right reasons and they're trying to help. Mm, you know, that's great advice, mate. And, and one other thing I, I really look around now and there's so many, there's still so much sport that's not going ahead. There's so much junior sport. There's people that want to be playing that can't. What, what advice would you give for, you know, people out there that maybe really want to play, they're missing team sport. What, what could they be doing at the moment? Do you know, like what you just said there, you know, working, talking to the right people. Are there things that young juniors or adults out there that can't play at the moment, goal, you could give them some advice of, of what you'd probably recommend? Because at the moment, people can't do everything they want to do. And I, I just personally know what it's like in Victoria that we're still in stage four and you know, it's, it is hard. So do you have any advice? Because you've gone through so much adversity, you're extremely resilient. Um, you've had a lot of ups and downs of injuries and so forth like that. Do you have any words of wisdom for people out there, mate? Um, yeah, I'm not too sure to be honest, mate. I think try and find something new to do. Um, you know, it's not, it's not always about, what sport you've played in, in, in the past and, and what you want to do going forward. But I think it's, it's just, just trying to challenge yourself in, in other ways that you probably, you, 
you won't get from from those team sports. Um, you know, I think one for me in the lockdown was was going to buy a bike. I'm not the you know I'm obviously not the the best rider going around, but there's a couple of night you know good guys that in the, that are in the squad that ride pretty well. So it was it was challenging myself to do that and and get fitter by that way. Uh, I think it's just trying to keep yourself as busy as possible um, and. By learning a new skill or by learning something new, you are keeping yourself really busy. Um, but I guess you know that's that is quite difficult nowadays with stage four restrictions and, and isolation at home and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it is tough. But just yeah, I, I guess try to try to, to to find a new skill or to you know just to test yourself away from things that your comfort zone and, and things that you normally do. I like that. Mate, I think that's brilliant. Um, and I think you should always be trying to test yourself out. And I know sometimes it's quite hard when you feel like, you know, you are isolated or things are going rough, but there's always something that you can challenge yourself to. And um, to finish up with, mate, I've loved everything we've spoken about because so many people will be able to take something away from it. And I think that's something as human beings this year that everybody has been dealt a rough hand. You know, 2020, we'll look back hopefully one day and just go, geez, hope that never happens again. So um, what is probably the one thing that you've learned about yourself this year um, from, you know, everything you've gone through? Uh, good question, mate. Um, <laughs> Save the best to last, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, oh, for me personally, I'm, I think 2020 has been difficult, but I think personally, I think people got a little bit more of an understanding of what sort of what it takes for me to have to speak to family back home, whether it be on a zoom call or whether it be on a FaceTime on, on, on WhatsApp messenger or Facebook messenger or whatever it may be. So I think people, people got a little bit of an up more of an understanding of what it's like for me to, to try and call back home to family. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sort of screaming poor me whatsoever, but, um, yeah, it's not the easiest at, at times when, you know, all you want is, you know, a hug from your mum, but you, you can't get that. So it's a little bit di more difficult, but um, probably what I've, probably what I've learned this year is, is to just like chill out. It's not everything. It's, it's not as bad. Like just relax because, you know, things, things happen for a reason. Um, the more, I think the more you stress about things, the more you, the more you get yourself into into more trouble, um, and yeah, just to sort of I know I know it's easier said than done sometimes, just to chill out and relax about things that you can't control. But I think it, it's more important to try and control the things you can control. Um, don't get caught up in the things that you can't, uh, and that's been that's been a big thing for me this year. Is probably got caught up in in the things that I had less control over than 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 more, most. So. So uh, I'd, I'd probably have to say that, mate. Yeah, I, I think that I think uh, generally people have probably got a little bit more empathy, I suppose, and that's what you're saying for everyone's circumstances. I think that is one thing by slowing down and and stopping because we get on this hamster wheel that life's so busy and it's all about me and it's all about what I'm doing. Whereas I think this year we've been able to slow down and um, you know empathy is obviously seeing through somebody else's eyes what they're struggling with or what different things that they face each day. And I think for you personally, mate, that 
uh, the players and everybody, you know, you're over there, you're playing cricket, but that's a sacrifice because you're away from everyone. You're away from your beautiful mum, Linda, and your brothers and, you know, your nieces and nephews and everything like that. So I think that is a really good point that uh, slow down, enjoy the time. And uh, yeah, and I know that you will hopefully be back this year and you can give your mum a hug, mate. When's that going to be? Well, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to be this year, mate. But just with with what's going on, I think it's made it a little bit more difficult to get back. But um, yeah, again, and this is another challenge for me going forward. Is that it'll be my first winter in England, so uh, that's a challenge cold, that mate. I'm yeah, I'm looking it's forward cold. to. But I've got no, I've got no ice cutler jackets, so they sit there ready to go. And <laughs> we're just yeah, we just moved into a new house. So I'm hoping the heating works works when we when we fire it up so <laughs> hopefully got double glazed windows I, I think i spent two two winters in london and it's cool mate it's cool when it snows but wow cold cold like yeah. you never felt anyway yeah that's i'm looking forward, forward to, to it. talking about it <laughs> <laughs> no it'd be good I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge I'm sure you are, mate. Well, go as always, mate. Awesome to have you on the show. And thanks for being so open about, I don't know, the, the, I suppose the realistic of what we've gone through this year. And um, if you are listening to this and you want to hear you know, Ryan's story, because I think it is a great story of perseverance um, and that, you know, you don't have to go down the usual channels to, you know, as talent to be selected, you know, you can go other ways. And that's essentially what you've done, mate. You've done it so well. And I think you're having a great career and I love watching from the other side of the ditch, mate. So thanks again for being on the show. Great, man. No worries. Thanks for having me.